Hey, what's going on, everybody? You're listening to The Sane Show, the show about nothing and everything. I'm your host, Cliff. And today, I have another special guest with us. I have social media strategist. She has worked with HBO, the NFL, NBC Universal, BET, Rotten Tomatoes, YouTube, Stars, among other clients, Yulia Gonzalez. How are you doing, Yulia? Hi, I'm great. How are you? I am doing well. Thank you for asking. Thank you for also taking time out of your schedule to come on the same show. I'm super excited uh, to have the conversation that we're going to have today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm really glad to be here. So really quick, before I introduce the topics, I want to take a moment to shout out all of our listeners and all of our followers on social media. Thank you, guys. Love you guys. And everybody in all 60 plus countries around the world uh, really means a lot. Uh, thank you guys for continuing to like, share and subscribe and spread the word about saying show really means a lot. And if you're listening and you don't already follow us, be sure to check us out on Instagram and Twitter at sane underscore show. Again, that's sane S A N E underscore show. And then you can find us on Facebook. That's Sane Show. Again, on Facebook, Sane Show. So today, we're going to have a conversation about humanizing brands. Following that, we're going to have a discussion about celebrity influencers. And then following those two discussions, we're going to have an interview with you, Yulia, so that I can ask you some questions and the listeners and I can learn more about you, the things that you do, and all the fun things that go along with that. Thank you. I'm really excited. (laughs) (laughs) Cool, I am too. So let's go ahead and hop right into it with our first topic, humanizing brands. So, you know, we've had a we've had quite a few conversations at this point, and you know, I I found this to be very unique and interesting concept, especially because, like I said to you before, you know, we, you know, with corporations, especially, we look at them or we treat them as far as politics and the tax code, which we, we treat them like people. And so when I think about humanizing brands, it's like, okay, cool. Especially with these, again, these, these uh, Fortune 500 companies, we treat you like people. And now it's time for you to start acting like people. And so with when, when we talk about humanizing brands like with this whole concept, I think you really opened my mind with this one. And really uh, just would like for you to give the listeners a little bit more insight into this 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 concept, which again is was really mind blowing to me, especially with all the conversations that we've had uh, leading up to this record- recording. So if you could, you know, go ahead and you know speak on that a little bit. Yeah, of course. So I started working in social media about ten years ago. This was like before uh, Facebook was even open to the public. It was still college uh, college students were still using it mostly. YouTube was, I think, it was right before YouTube was purchased by Google. And so my job, I helped raise half a million dollars in venture capital for a how-to video startup. And so my job was a marketing, it was a marketing assistant. That was my first job ever I'm in the corporate world and just in social media. And social media wasn't even a job. So that was my title. And so my job, my goal was to figure out how do I get people on this website? And so that's how I found out a lot about social media and understanding how brands need to be more human. So initially, if you think about the 90s and how before the internet, brands were just promoting to people. They were talking at people. So if you see you were as a kid, you're watching television, 
watching your favorite cartoons and then here comes a commercial interrupting your experience and you have to sit there and watch it you can change the channel but you're probably going to get another commercial and then um, and then you go back to your programming but what the internet did is it created a space where people are no longer being broadcast to people are now creators of content that's what youtube is that's what all these social media platforms are basically it's people it's humans creating content and being media and so now that humans are competing at the same level as these brands other people prefer to get information from other humans and so it's really important as a brand to understand how can you communicate with your consumers with people that you know you're talking to on social media in the most human way possible because let's say you have a social media post let's give an example for instagram you know i'm scrolling through my feed and i see a post about you know one of my cousins she's you know she's hanging out with her friends well maybe not with, with masks and um, mm-hmm. and it has like a fun copy copy or caption and it says something fun and interesting and i'm like oh my god i love her outfit it's so cute i click on it i say a comment like oh my god your outfit is so cute and then here comes another picture and it's a promotional ad or a promotional post by a brand and it's just like buy my product and I'm just like okay bye and I keep scrolling and I see friends <laughs> and family and friends and family and here comes somebody else interrupting my experience right and so these brands what they're doing is they're using tactics from 1999 on social media and that is actually that is so dated and so it's so important for brands to know how do I talk to these human beings who are experienced, like you're competing against my cousin. So how am I, who I have a relationship with, a real human relationship with, so how as a brand are you going to compete with my cousin or my friends or my boyfriends or girlfriends or whatever? How are you gonna compete against that? And so my goal is to make brands human. So what I do is I have a workbook and basically in my workbook, I I take brands through the process of becoming human. And this is something that I've developed over 10 years being on social media and um, you know, being a social media strategist, working with different brands is I have a questionnaire and within this questionnaire, we just basically give birth to this human brand. Just like, you know, me, my parents, you know, they got married and they had me and I'm here and I'm born, right? So it's the same thing and my story, whatever my story is as a, as a person. So brands also have a story. So what is their story? Because interrupting my experience isn't going to be the best strategy. The best strategy is giving birth to these brands. And you have these brands like Wendy's, Hydroflask. You have different brands who have a really great brand story and they know how to tell it on social media. And so how did they do that? Well, you have to give birth to this brand. And so, and so yeah, so basically what I do is I, take brands through this process where I so a lot of the brands that you mentioned initially um, I worked on different tv shows and movies with most of those brands also um, we're running different campaigns and uh, I just I I create a deck where I make I give that person a, that, that brand if, it, if it's a tv show or a movie or brand I give them a personality I show what are their favorite things what are mm-hmm. their what do they like to do how do they like to behave? You know, how do they feel about certain things? So I give them feelings too. Why are they here? Why, what's the purpose? Like, what is this brand? Why? Because there has to be more purpose to a brand's purpose than just, I'm trying to make some money. Like, for example, if you ever watch this video called Start With Why, um, on it's a TED Talk, it's really good. He talks about how Apple did this. Like, Apple's like, we're trying to we're trying to their why was something about the status quo and just being like revolutionary that is their why 
So anybody who wants to be revolutionary and innovative buys an Apple product, right? So you tap into the feelings. And so within this questionnaire that I take the people through, I also have them understand what is their why. So why are you doing what you're doing? Are you trying to help people? Are you trying to connect with people? Right. These very like philosophical questions for a brand because you're basically giving birth to this brand. And then I also take them through their feelings. So what do you want people to feel when you connect with this brand? Like Wendy's, for example, they want people to feel like she will take shots at you. She will be funny. She will make playlists, like all these things that Wendy can do, Wendy's can do. And so it's the same thing. You don't have to be like rude to people on social media to get attention. You can be a brand that is helpful. I want people to feel inspired. I want people to feel connected. I want people to feel angry. What feelings do you want people to feel when they encounter your content? And so those, right. all of those things come together to make this brand and this human. And that's, that's like my process, like quick, very quick process of how I do this. Quick overview. Yeah. You know, it's funny when you talk about how brands used to move, I think about <laughs> and no knock against these people, but the people that walk around that hand out uh, flyers for like uh, parties or whatever they got going on. And it's just like, okay, <laughs> you just gave me a piece of paper because a lot of times you see those things go straight into the garbage right after that. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. like that would be like a, a, a great representation of what, how these brands look like mm -hmm. when they do what you say they do as far as interrupting the experience of mm -hmm. the viewer experience or the listener experience just to try to push their product out to people. So um, mm -hmm. you're, you're certainly right about that. Yeah, definitely. All right, we're back. Now we're going to have a conversation about celebrity influencers. Uh, this is also an interesting one as well. Again, just thinking about what brands have been doing and, Oftentimes, celebrities get looped into that as well. And you, you've touched on some things in prior conversations about uh, celebrity influencers. And, you know, the question begs if celebrity influencers still have the same kind of influence that they used to. And in my personal opinion, I, I don't think so. I kind of think of it as assuming that people are that impressionable, especially when you see certain celebrities getting endorsement deals or, or being a spokesperson for certain products. And it's like, come on, it's super cheesy. You're not really speaking <laughs> to any values or whatever. You're just trying to use your image or your influence or they are, or the company is to try to bring people in to purchase products. So I think this is definitely worth having a conversation about when we talk about like celebrity influencers, because I mean, yes, there are, in, in my opinion, there are those that do a good job, you know, leveraging their influence, but obviously they're bringing value to people versus those that aren't. So, you know, I want to go ahead and allow you to, I want to hear your thoughts on celebrity influencers. Yeah, definitely. So kind of going back again to my research when I first started working in social media, well, like as a social media strategist before social media was a job, <laughs> was the title, I did a lot of research on like, on trust parameters parameters so there was this um, ebook that i found my professor recommended it to me back in college basically it was an it, the information was so impactful to me that it still impacts me to this day and so basically it talked about trust and it mapped out 
how people trust brands. And um, it's like a yearly report. I forget the name of it, but it's something about like the trust parameter. And it it, it tracks how brand how much tr- trust people have in brands. And so it it tracked that people were having they were trusting their peers more. So this was like back 10 years ago. So people were as and then I kept as I kept looking at this barometer and this research years and years later, every single year, you see how peer-to-peer information and peer-to-peer trust got higher and was increasing while peer while like peer-to-brand trust kept decreasing. And so it was very interesting because that's where you see the evolution of the influencer. And there's also, I forget what year it was, um, I'll have to pull it up, but also it showed how much trust people trusted their peers versus they trusted celebrity endorsements. And so it was really interesting because that is another reason why influencers are really important and celebrity influencers, their value is going down in many ways because people are going to trust a friend over a celebrity. Or they're right. going to trust their favorite micro-influencer who has 2,000 followers because they have nothing to lose. They're not polished. They don't have this polished image. They're just a regular person that looks like me. Mm-hmm. That That's why YouTube YouTubers and a lot of the um, MUA influencers did so well initially is because they were like, I sit in my bedroom and I put makeup on. I'm not a professional, but look what amazing things I can do, right? And so it made the regular person feel like, I don't have to go to L.A. and go be, like, be part of Hollywood so that I could be a superstar. I could do it in my own bedroom. And so that gave people the ability to really be feel empowered by influencers. Because celebrities then kind of became, that's why celebrity endorsements in many ways don't have as much power as influencer endorsements. You were going to say something? Yeah, I, I, I agree. Especially when I think about certain celebrities and, you know, one of the things with celebrities, especially you know, if they're famous, a lot of times they're rich. Most of the time they're rich, really. And mm-hmm. when you talk about like versus YouTubers and even those YouTubers who are famous, I think about how with celebrities, there's a, there can be this disconnect because they're in a different place. Right? I, mm-hmm. like, I, I love Kevin Hart. but. The, he has a, a deal with Chase and I get what he's trying to do. I, I think he's, I'm think he's doing the best that he can. And I think they're doing it with what they have. They're doing a decent job, but I think sometimes it might be hard for certain individuals to resonate with the message because it's Kevin Hart, multimillionaire, mm-hmm. almost, you know, mm-hmm. working towards being a billionaire and mm-hmm. him talking to people about, signing up for whatever program that Chase is trying to push through him. So just saying that you are bringing up some really valid points when we talk about, you know, celebrity influence, including not having as much influence as they used to. Yeah. And there's also this uh, report by my uh, social blade talks about like the different types of influencers and like the pricing around them. Right. And so as a social media person, it's important to look at the influencer space because you have the macro influencers who are the bigger influencers who have millions of followers and you have the micro, um, the medium sized influencers who have medium sized uh, fan bases. And then you have the micro influencers who are like under 2k, you know, 5k, things like that. And so as a brand looking at like Kylie Jenner, for example, she's a celebrity influencer. Maybe she'll charge you a million dollars for an ad. But if you look at like the social blade report, 
you can pick somebody at the medium size level, maybe like, you know, a hundred thousand followers or somebody, and you're going to get the same amount of engagement or even more out of that medium size influencer than you would out of a macro influencer, like a Kylie Jenner or a celebrity. So you're saving money. You're also making an impact because you're supporting people with a smaller audience but you're also getting like more engagement out of it. Or also a brand, what they can do is also high, the same amount of money that they were going to spend on a Kylie Jenner. They can spend it on 10, maybe 10 influencers. And then they will be able to, to get even more engagement out of that money. And so I think it's important because influencers just have that much bigger impact. That's why like for tick, for example, for TikTok, a lot of these TikTokers are now celebrities because they're regular people and now you see these older celebrities going onto tiktok doing all these dances at times looking stupid some of them all of them you know <laughs> you know just looking like they're like following a trend because now they're just aging themselves yeah. you know what i mean like trying to do these dances trying to kind of <laughs> pander to gen z or whatever right. and so i think it's interesting to see kind of like how uncool celebrities have been a little bit more on like TikTok, yeah. for example seriously and again just further speaking to that disconnect that they have with people <laughs> you know so like uh, yeah you're 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 definitely spot on with that one because uh, I, I look at it too sometimes like what are you doing why stop <laughs> you're embarrassing yourself you're like i'm embarrassed for definitely. you now so Right. And also like, because I think brands, I mean, you have the, you know, the brands that like, you know, the, the brands that have no face, it's just a brand and then you have celebrities, but they're also a brand. They also have, you know, marketing and they also have PR and they have people manufacturing stories. And they're also like a brand too. You know what I mean? Like, like the Drake brand, like that's a brand. And like I say, like my favorite artist is one of my favorite artists is Drake. It's not Drake the artist of 100%. It's a brand of Drake, right? Because you have all these like ghostwriters, you have all these producers that make him sound incredible. It's not like he chose. I mean, he probably chose these people, but they're making him. They're they're speaking through him, and that's what a brand is. So Drake is a great brand too and so celebrities <laughs> are on that second they're like corporations and then and then there's like celebrities and so right. that's why influencers and being in this human space makes it so much more impactful because you are making sometimes when brands make mistakes and i'm not talking about like racial ins insensitivity mistakes i'm just talking about like regular like spelling mistakes or i mean or like posting the wrong thing and then going back and saying oops we messed up like in a cute right. way that makes people think wow this is a real person or this is a real like you look cool <laughs> you look right. like not everything is polished and it's okay because sometimes I work with brands and they just freak out if something bad happens and again not racial not racial insensitivity issues I'm talking about just other types of mistakes they'll freak out but if you just tweet something like hey sorry we messed up on we misspelled something. Oops. Here's the new one. That, in many ways, increases the trust factor. Because the most important thing on social media is trust. How can someone trust you? That is something you cannot buy. That's why these brands are hiring influencers because they, people trust them, right? And so trust is the most important currency on social media. And so how do you build that? You have to be more human. And mistakes make you more human.
there's a show on uh, West. It was Westworld, and there's a line. I don't know if you ever watched this show, but where Anthony Hopkins says something like, "A mistake is the most important thing nature. Like it's the most important thing nature has ever created." Because we are built mm-hmm. off mistakes. That's what this is. And so mistakes are okay because mistakes makes you make you look so human. And for brands, like it's okay to make them. So yeah, <laughs> that's my little two cents. Thank you for my that. little venting <laughs> mistake. <laughs> All right, we're back. Now, Yulia, I'm going to ask you some questions so that the listeners and I can learn more about you, the things that you do, and all the fun and exciting things that go along with that. So I'm going to go ahead and fire off with this first question. Uh, You have quite the portfolio and worked with a lot of reputable brands. Which one did you enjoy working with the most and why? Hmm, I'm trying to think which one I enjoyed the most. I would say I really enjoyed working in radio when I worked in radio and like building radio station social media accounts. So this is not this is not like the bigger brands because sometimes with the bigger brands like you have more red tape and you have to sometimes like there's not a lot of freedom you can have in terms of strategy, but I think with radio my boss was my favorite person and he's still my mentor to this day. And basically he just let me again this is before like maybe like 8 years ago when I first started in radio. He just let, let me make mistakes. He let me take over the social media accounts and I could just do whatever I wanted. And all of my theories and all of my research, I got, I was able to test it on these radio stage. I mean, the reason why I developed how to make your brand human was because what I did is I made these radio stations human. So when, you know, the top 40 radio station, her name was, I think her name was like Ashley and she had a Honda Civic and she loved top 40 music. And then we had like Alex, and he was the rhythmic top 40 radio station. And he, this is what he liked. And these are his favorite things. And he liked football and all this other stuff. And so he really allowed me to be free and to be able to connect with fans. And I learned three very important things in that job. It was, there's three reasons why people listen to the radio. One, to hear their favorite song. Two, to hear themselves on the radio. And three, to win free stuff. So those three things help me in social media every single day as a social media strategist, because people like to see their favorite things. They like to learn things, right? That's the favorite music, whatever their favorites are. They like to hear themselves on the radio. So people like to be retweeted. People like to be spoken to. People like to be featured. People like all that stuff. And then they win free stuff. People love free, winning free stuff. No, that's true. Even if <laughs> I'm it's sitting here trying not to bust out in laughs because that's, that's true. Right? Because even if you don't give them something free, you're giving them time. So people like free things. And so um, those three concepts really helped me in social media strategy to this day because of that job. It was one of my first jobs that I, and, and I was, and I'm just really glad that I got to experience that because I think I wouldn't have built the foundation that I did if it wasn't for working at that job where I can just be free to experiment and be myself. And that's really great to hear. So my next question, your approach, I believe, is a direct reflection of you, Yulia. What kind of reaction do you typically get from clients when humanizing their brand? How is it typically received by them? 
sometimes they don't even get to see it. Sometimes they just get to see the results of it. Depending on the brand, like I won't directly show them the uh, humanizing piece. I just kind of piece it together for myself just to know. Because sometimes like when I worked at agencies, for example, what I did is um, I had maybe three or four brands at once. And let's say something was trending on Twitter. Like I knew how each brand was going to behave. So I knew what how each brand was going to you know, say something or how they were going to respond to something trending because I already had their human in my mind. Like, oh, this human thinks like this and this human thinks like that. And, you know, this show on BET thinks like this and this doesn't fit this show on HBO. So it really helped me see how people were going to behave online or how the brands were going to behave through like trending content and trending topics. Okay. Older well-established legacy brands that have been around forever struggle to adapt to the current trends. They look weird trying to fit into, as we already discussed. Where should some of these companies even begin when looking to revamp their image? They should hire me. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) For real, for real. (laughs) I think what they should do is really listen to people of color. I think they should really understand how these, first of all, they should understand how these social media, when when I say brands, making brands human, what I do is, the reason why I say that is because my job is to bring them into the world. I see social media platforms as, as countries. So you have TikTok country, you have Facebook country, you have Twitter country, and these countries have different customs, they have different languages, they have different ways of doing things, they have different activities that they do on there, right? What what you do on Twitter might not work on TikTok. If you post a video of you dancing around, it's not going to work on Twitter, you're not going to trend, you know what I mean? And so it's really important to understand what each country is like. So for my job is to make this brand human so that it can behave in these different countries. And so these legacy brands need to really understand how they could be human first and understand how they're behaving in these countries because if they don't that's when they're going to look dated that's when they're they're going to look bad because they don't understand the landscape they're entering into they're entering into an avatar world and they're behaving and they're connecting with real human beings so it's important to understand that like for example I know we talked about this because we met on Clubhouse talked about how it would be so weird if we're all having a really great deep conversation on Clubhouse and here comes Pepsi and saying <laughs> interrupting our conversation and saying something like come buy my drink or whatever and we're like Pepsi you're a troll get out of here we'll kick you off the stage because you came to interrupt our experience and so these brands need to understand how these countries function and how to integrate themselves within the country so that they look like a native and they don't look like a troll because sometimes right. some of these brands are really looking like trolls <laughs> so yes I'm, not, I'm just imagining <laughs> like just wanting to have placement on clubhouse where they're just in the room they have their name as their logo i mean as their brand name and then their profile picture be the logo and they're just sitting there with a moderator badge <laughs> oh, <God>. follow us <laughs> See, but that's even, that's how you have to be. See, on Clubhouse, you have to be even more human because now you have to have a voice. You have to have a personality. Right. 
you have to have something like yeah. it's funny somebody said on clubhouse something really interesting he said all these really pretty women on instagram and i'm i'm, not, I'm just giving an example but he said all these really beautiful women on instagram they're so used to getting all this attention for how they look but when they come on clubhouse they realize very quickly that if they don't have a personality it doesn't matter what they look like people are not going to pay attention to them. And so it's the same thing for these brands. It's like, you can have a budget of millions of dollars, but if you don't have a personality, what are you going to do? No, seriously. (laughs) Yeah. Seriously. So my last question, we've seen it across entertainment where content doesn't really resonate with the audience. People yearn for good content that's quote unquote real and not something just for ratings. What does real look like for you? Um, I think I touched on a little. Um, it looks like somebody, uh, there's a story behind it. As humans, we're always telling each other stories. I mean, all the time. Even nature tells us a story. Everything is telling us a story. So what story are you telling me and how do I connect to your story? Am I connecting to your brand story? Am I connecting to your story that just happened to you today? Like maybe you got an email from someone. Uh, you know, from a client and they said, you changed my life. So I think for me, it's telling real stories and being honest. Honesty and trust is so important, at least for me as a person and as a, as a social media strategist, working with brands that I can trust and they have built trust within with their followers and their fans um, is really important. So for me, it's like being okay with making mistakes, being okay with making, with entering into spaces and learning how to read the room and I know we talk about that on Clubhouse a lot reading the room because sometimes these brands just enter into these spaces and don't know what's going on so I think it's so important I um it happened a lot with the Black Lives Matter movement that happened 2020 recently uh where a lot of these brands were coming into the space and just you know everyone was saying oh we support Black Lives Matter we support but what did you do a month ago? Were you supporting Black Lives Matter a month ago? No, you're just doing this for marketing. And so I think it's important to sometimes just shut up and don't say anything and just do things quietly and make internal changes. And then maybe five months later, come out and say, look, this is what we did. And so I think uh, it's important that that to me is real. So that I've yeah, so that that's like <laughs> that's round of I'm applause saying. on that one. Standing ovation. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and that was your TED talk. <laughs> yeah, thank you. My TED talk. Oh, good tell stories, but yeah. <laughs> that is too funny. Yes, that is, that is awesome. I, uh, I really enjoyed the conversation as I always do with you, Yulia, and I appreciate you, you know, taking time out of your schedule again to come on the same show and offer up all that great insight and sharing with me and the listeners. Uh, really quick before I let you go, if you could uh, let the listeners know where they can find you so that they can keep tabs on everything that you're doing and all the cool stuff you have going on. Yeah, so you can follow me on Instagram or Twitter. It's I love Yulia G. So Yulia is spelled Y-U-L-I-A. So I love Y-U-L-I-A. And then G for my last name. So that's my, and if you want to follow me on Clubhouse, it's I love YG, like the artist, the rapper. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but yeah, that's my Twitter and my Instagram is I love Yulia G. Uh, yeah. Thank, Thank you, you so much. <laughs> uh, um, see you on Clubhouse. <laughs> yes. So listeners, <laughs> be sure to check out Yulia. Uh, she's, she's really awesome. Again, if you do catch her on Clubhouse, she definitely has some fun rooms. Color of your voice. (laughs) 
yeah, please. Uh, again, thank you again, Yulia. Uh, thank you again, listeners. Again, continue liking, sharing, and subscribing, spreading the word about Sane Show. And you guys are listening to Sane Show, the show about nothing and everything. And until next time, we're out.